Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong, and thank you so much for joining us. And I have the pleasure of being alongside Nicole Cleggett, representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing? I am glad that we are out of the 99-degree heat. You know, I think we may be in the clear here. I don't know. I don't want to get too excited, Nicole. You never know in North Carolina, but this is... A breath of fresh air. I can, I can pull up my sweet potatoes this weekend, I think. <sighs> Look at you. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. All right. I'm expecting some treats here in the studio oh, next, next weekend. <laughs> you put yourself on the hook. Well, Nicole, let's get into the uh, meat and potatoes now that we've covered the sweet potatoes <laughs> of tonight's show. And uh, we've got a wonderful guest here in the studio. We have Marla Benton, who is the director of Transitioning Senior Consultants. And Marla, if I understand correctly, you help people decide where to go for care. And thank you so much for coming in this evening. It's a pleasure to be here. Marla's a great resource for sure, and you're a nurse as well. And so you come with many years of clinical experience in working with older adults and folks with chronic conditions that are looking to make a life change. So I'm really happy to have you here and wondering, you know, when you meet with a family and with uh, with an individual, what are some of the things that you try to gather? sort of on your scavenger hunt of what's important to them to help you help them make the right decision so they don't make a move and then have to make a move let's just say a week or two later or month even still exactly yeah we see that a lot yes that's why I uh, I really focus on the families I talk to Uh, I, I of course, meet with the families. I talk to them over the phone initially and gather as much information as I can. Uh, and, And that way, I'm already processing as they're telling me everything. I'm In my head, I'm already thinking they're better in a larger facility or they're better in a family care home. And I can sort of uh, already know what direction we're going in. And the most important thing is level of care mm-hmm. and what they enjoy doing. Are they, ex- are they extremely social? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, more withdrawn or more private? Do they need a higher level of care? Do they just need supervision? Uh, do, uh, do they wander? Do they, there's so many things that go into play. And of course, financially, assisted living and especially memory care. I I really work, I think 90% of the families that I help transition are in the midst of dealing with a parent or a loved one who has Alzheimer's or dementia and they're sort of at a loss and Mm -hmm. they are, are, uh, most of the the time they're not aware of all the different options. They just assume that they need to go to a larger secured facility versus the family care home setting. So I gather as much information, do they have long-term care? Uh, veterans, are they veterans? Is a, a spouse of a veteran, most people don't realize that they can get aid and attendance, mm-hmm. and that really helps uh, get uh, people to a place where they can maybe afford uh, a family care home model or a place that's that offers a little bit more um, more activities, more um, of what they 
need. So let's drill this down a little bit. Most of the time, for most people, the reason why they're leaving the home that they've called home for a very long time is because of some sort of a diagnosis that's making it more difficult for them to remain independent. One of the things that I often talk to family caregivers about is take off the glasses of what you would want. You probably love, exactly. you know, the granite countertops mm-hmm. and, you know, the 12-foot ceilings and, you know, the hardwood floors on all levels and, and blah, 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 blah. But what, first of all, makes your loved one feel most comfortable? Where do they spend most of their time? But even getting a little bit past that, let's think about what the diagnosis is and what the typical trajectory of that diagnosis looks like. So if that individual is ultimately going to continue to decline because of that, what does that look like in one year, in three years, in five years, so that you make an appropriate placement early on? And I'm quite sure with you having the clinical background, you can sit with families and really dissect that. Because a lot of times we're just so busy looking at what's right in front of us, we're not thinking about the future. And that's where it gets really difficult as time goes on and people get frankly very resentful when they have to keep moving a loved one and most of the time it's because they were just making a placement based on where they were at today versus about thinking about the future. Exactly and I focus on that and I have that conversation with the families. Sometimes the families are um, so set on one particular place and I tell them okay well we can do this this for now or maybe they're appropriate for that place and not so appropriate let's say um, this is a family i worked with in the last year and a half they were at a level where they really needed to be in a secured Mm -hmm. memory care unit where they had tons of activities and so many people to talk to they were they were talking nonstop. they they were walking around they needed to be entertained and they loved entertaining they Mm. needed an audience so i had the conversation with the family i said i know that you really that we want to focus on the family care home but after meeting him and looking through everything i really think that he's a better fit for a traditional traditional secured unit and i said call me because i in, in a year from now he may be in a different place he may be more appropriate for a care home And so the family made that decision that this is what we're doing now. And sure enough, a few months ago, I got the call from the family and they said, okay, we're ready. He's really slowed down. He's not as chatty. He doesn't need an audience. And right now the focus is care. Right. And then we made the transition and he's now in a care home and doing really well. And that's the conversation that we have. Um, And sometimes families are the opposite. They say, well, we really want to focus on the facility. We're not real sure about the care home. Um, And so I educate them about both sides. And I say, well, in the care home, if you want a place where you're more likely to be able to age in place through end of life and have that one move and they're appropriate right the care home is really a great option Uh, i specialize in family care home placement i'm the only one in the state that specializes in family care home placement and i work with homes in charlotte wilmington my main focus is wake county durham chapel hill uh, but I do fo- I do place outside of the area, uh, but I do love the, the the family care home model because I feel like your people are at home. Mm-hmm. It's uh, with dementia and Alzheimer's, any time any type of um, uh, most types of dementia, you can really uh, support them in a smaller environment. Right. There's less anxiety. They're in a home. They're 
it's not as confusing to find their room. It's not as confusing to get around. It's There's not as much anxiety, which is associated with dementia, right. high anxiety, and uh, that causes sometimes behavioral issues and things that go on. And once they settle in the care home, so much of that goes away and, and moving people, like I said, sometimes they're more appropriate for a larger secured, sometimes for the care home. But you really see a big change when you move someone to a smaller environment um, with all that decrease in anxiety it makes a huge difference. So let's talk a little bit about how these types of living arrangements are paid for. Let's just use assisted living and family care homes as two examples. How do folks, I mean, is this something that Medicare will pay for or Medicaid or, you know, how does, or is this just come out of your pocket? How does this typically work for most folks? So most folks, it's private pay. The people I, I'm able to help and I work with are private pay. Okay. Uh, and But that also includes long-term care policy. That's one of the things we talk about. So that's in the not your Blue assessment. Cross Blue Shield. It's not Blue Cross Blue Shield. Right. Hopefully. I, I love hearing when families tell me, yes, they do have a policy, a long-term care policy, because it can cover anywhere from $127 a day to, I saw a policy, which is the only one I've ever seen like that, but it was $320 a day wow. that this person that had, which is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I always discuss veterans benefits. Most, I would say 50% of the time, people are not even aware that they qualify or the, the spouse, the survivor qualifies. Mm-hmm. So uh, in private pay, we look at the, the uh, financial background and go from there. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's, you know, a huge sticker sticker shock for folks, you know, when they're it sitting is. in a situation and they've been trying to just piece together the care for a loved one in their home, and then suddenly they're faced with, okay, we need to make a placement. And people just make the assumption because they just don't know what they don't know that, you know, their regular insurance or Medicare will pay for services such as these. And then when they find out it doesn't, that's when usually a lot of the panic bells go off and families have to be very creative with how they pay for things, whether it's selling mom's home or families all coming yes. together and putting mm-hmm. you know money in every single month. And it, it, it can be a real, real challenge. It's a very difficult challenge and the sticker shock is quite real. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Marla Benton. She is the Director of Transitioning Senior Consultants and we'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio right now is Marla Benton. She is the director of Transitioning Senior Consultants. And Nicole, we're having a conversation right now about choosing the right living situation for someone, uh, whether it's yourself or a loved one who's dealing with a long-term care situation. Yeah, and you know, we hadn't jumped right in about you know the different types of assisted living and, and things of that nature, but what I'd love to just kind of back up and rewind for a moment is actually for those listening, they may be curious, well, what are the actual signs that I may need to make a change with my loved one? What are some of the things we're looking for, Marla? 
So I, when I talk to families, they have pretty much already made that decision. But occasionally I get calls from people who might be out of state. Uh-huh. And they're wondering, okay, well, we're not sure what's going on. But mom called me four times today and asked the same thing. Uh, it could be when they when they visit the home, things aren't as tidy as they used to be. Uh, bills maybe haven't been paid. They are maybe wearing the same clothing because it's too confusing for them to to change clothing or, or clothing or think about uh, that whole process. Mm-hmm. So there are different things, uh, different things to look for, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I've seen so many different. Uh, situations with people between being out of town and even being in town when they're going by seeing mom or dad or, or a loved one and people can really put on a good act right yeah and well they, so they muster it up for really that little look. they muster it up for that little bit of time and then yes. after that everyone leaves is when it really falls exactly apart. another thing that I like to often bring to mind is really consider the weariness of the individuals that are helping to care for that person so if you're in a spousal situation and the wife is caring for the husband, and she just is starting to look more and more weary every time. You know, he might be doing great. She's caring for him, but you can actually start to see a physical decline in the caregiver. That is really a sign because, uh, you know, I see more times than not that the care partner is the one that ultimately has a health crisis. And then that spirals the entire family out of control because now you have the care partner that's in the hospital with the care receiver that's at home, and now they suddenly have to make decisions for two people. So really looking for some of those telltale signs of that individual that's providing a lot of that 24-7 care is super important. Yes, and I see that often. And there's so much guilt associated with it when I have these discussions with the spouse and they oh, the just promises are so, made yes. And, and till death do us part. Exactly. I mean, you know, and never put me in a home. Never. Yeah. I want to stay at home for and they're exhausted and they're, or yeah. they end up in the hospital yep. because they can't know they, they're worn down. They can't take care of themselves anymore. Uh, so yes, that of course. And I've, and right now I'm working with the family I've been working with for two years and they go back and forth when they have a good week, everything's great. Oh, no, we're good. I, I can handle it. I'm not ready to move. Okay, we need to bring in in-home care. They'll do that for a couple of months, yep. and then things are good again. Uh-huh. Then they get rid of in-home care, and then things happen. They call me again. We need to move. We've been going back and forth, and yeah. I think finally we're at the stage where she's completely exhausted, yeah. and he's requiring more and more care. So I think it's finally... You know, that tipping point. Mm -hmm. So what about, you know, so let's get to the part where we're like, okay, as a family unit, we come together. Yeah, this is just not working for mom. How do we go about having that conversation, especially if we're talking about a person who has maybe mild cognitive impairment or is just a typical frail elder? How do you say, mom, you you really just can't stay here anymore? Everyone is different. Mm-hmm. I've had different conversations with different families, and, and I, I talk to them. I say, well, you know your, your parent or your loved one best. These are some different options uh, that you the, – the, a way that you can approach your loved one to say you need a safer place, mm-hmm. you need more care, and that is how you start the conversation. But you typically I'll say if there's more than one – person involved I'll say well 
how about you reach out to your children or your siblings and have a family meeting and brainstorm about how you're going to approach the situation. And then I can assist and advise, but I never really tell families what to do, but I can guide them and say, well, they're going to be resistant and it's normal. They might be upset with you. That's normal. You just have to do whatever is best to keep them safe. And that's the conversation that you have. We're concerned about you. We're worried about your safety. And then you decide how you're going to approach moving them, what you're going to tell them. And and, and are you going to let them be involved? Are you going to pick out the place and then say well this is what we found so peep everyone handles it differently and it actually of course the level of um the cognitive level where the individual is also also plays into play right right i mean and that's the thing of it all you know you know if you're dealing with a situation where the person you know doesn't have significant mental illness and they don't have a significant dementia and they're just making a bad decision to stay independent as adults we all have the right to make a bad decision pretty much exactly. anytime we want i mean i can mm-hmm. make a bad decision to be inappropriate in some way at work today and that was my choice mm-hmm. and, and so um you know that sometimes is family members sometimes see that train coming down the tracks and it's like a slow motion wreck Mm -hmm. but there's just nothing that you can do until that person has that incident my grandfather is a perfect example when I was caregiving for him in my home he was very um, proud and of course it was a granddaughter grandfather situation and I kept telling him grandpa you, you need to sit on a commode in the bathroom you need not you know you really shouldn't stand up anymore because he was so wobbly I mean he was completely cognitively mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. but he was so wobbly and I said you're gonna fall and I said if you if you don't sit then I'm gonna need to come in here with you just to make just even just with my hand through the door to make sure you're not you're steady mm-hmm. no 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 I could never have that and so finally I said to myself well I see the train coming down the tracks and one day he walked in there and it sounded like a 100 year old oak tree fell down in the bathroom mm-hmm. and there he went and boy he had a bruise right across the straight straight of his back from hitting the door jam and the whole thing but after that time I mean luckily he didn't get seriously injured he said I should have listened to you it just took that yeah you know something something uh, to happen unfortunately I get most yeah. of the calls I get are from families in crisis yep and the loved one's already in the hospital and they're discharging and we need to find them appropriate housing and so I try to, to talk to the families before they get to that point, before yeah. the crisis, but it's not always possible. No. Like I talked about the family I've been working with for mm-hmm. a while. Those are the families that, that tend to wait until there's a major crisis, but sometimes it, it the family cannot always control that. Right, and and sometimes you just don't know. I mean, I've never met a functional family ever in the history of time, and so you don't exactly. know kind There's of so many different all the things, yeah, that went on through over the years, and exactly. how that that role reversal feels very weird for people, and so sometimes people are just in denial. Not necessarily, they really don't, not that they don't see it, it's that they don't want to see it, and they just want to make sure everything's okay, and just keep on keeping on. It's okay, this is normal, this is the way she should be acting, because she's old, and we all know as professionals that's not the case, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard for families. So talk to us a little bit about your company, Marla, and what you're doing, and, and how folks could get a hold of you. So I started transitioning senior consultants about two and a half years ago, in my quest to help families find 
placement for loved ones and I just started doing this. I have a nursing background. I and, and really enjoy working with families and helping them. My They can contact me through uh, my phone number, 919-923-6015, or my email, marla at transitioningsenior.com. I do not charge a fee to work with families. It's free of charge whether I place them or not, or if they just want advice and thinking about options. I, I'm happy to talk to people to come up with plans and to have something in place. I always say, have a plan in place. Yeah. Even if you don't think you need it right now, you don't want to call me in two months or a year in crisis. It's mm -hmm. better to, to have that already set up so that you're not panicking and and desperate when the time comes when something proactive, happens. Proactive. We have to be proactive. I know we don't like it what though. What you need to do. Nobody, nobody likes to think about that. No. We all want to stay in our homes, but sometimes it's just not possible. Unfortunately, it's so hard to get ahead and plan. But that's wonderful advice. She is Marla Benton, director of Transitioning Senior Consultants. That phone number again is nine one nine nine two three. 6015 or you can email marla at transitioningsenior.com marla thank you so much for coming thank in this you. evening it was great to have it's you on the show thank you we will take a quick break and we'll be back with more you're listening to aging matters your life your care a service of transitions life care on news radio 680 wptf This is Aging Matters Care and Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong alongside Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, it's been a long week for us. We enjoyed our, our conversation with uh, Nancy Stolfel corti so much last week that we've trapped her in the studio. We had to bring her back. Yeah, yeah, basically. But uh, we, we were, we've got a whole two segments here with her, which is wonderful because we enjoyed our conversation with her so much last week. And uh, remember, Nancy Stolfel corti is a catalyst. That's her job <laughs> title with Senior Helpers. Nancy, thank you so much for being back on the program. Well, thank you for having me back. We have to bring back a woman with an outrageous Italian accent. That's just, you just have to do that. Everybody wanted more. Well, we can do it in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nancy, you're going to be talking to us about an interestingly phrased topic, finding the fringe hours, caring for your sanity. So talk to us a little bit about this. So um, if you recall, last week when I ended You Need a Village, I said, try to find the fringe hours. And basically, the fringe hours are those little pockets of time that we think we can't really get anything accomplished in them. But when you are super busy, mm -hmm. and we have a culture of busyness in this country, you tend to stress yourself out with your busyness. Yeah. What we forget is there are 168 hours in a week. Uh -huh. And you and I both know that. And most people work 40 hours. In our industry, we work 80. <laughs> but that still leaves 88 hours between sleep and play that you can really find joy in your life. And as caregivers 
or um, people counseling caregivers in our industry, it's really important that you find joy in your day-to-day because if you don't, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And, and, you know, I, just speaking for myself, you know, working a thousand million hours a week and then having three kids at home and a husband and a farm that I take care of, I will tell you, one of my most favorite times is I take a nighttime shower, probably TMI, but I take a nighttime shower just because it's easier because I have to get up at the crack of dawn to get three kids going. And right. that is just like, ah, even in my 10 minutes in that shower, I'm just so thrilled to have that. And I get quite annoyed when somebody walks into the bathroom when I'm trying to shower because I'm like, this is just my 10 minutes. <laughs> I used to lock myself in the bathroom bathroom when I had a two-year-old and infant twins and I stopped doing that when my son was a little bit older and he rolled a crayon under the door and I realized you know what I need to just set up boundaries and have that creative time because that feeds my soul right and that's what I needed I was trying to be everything to everyone yep yep so the, the purpose and the, the principle behind Fringe Hours is to explore, discover, maximize, and then finally live well. And um, if you know me, I have my list. <laughs> so um, I'd like to say that you, you really want to go through life. You don't want to. You, you don't want to go through life. You want to grow through life. So the first step is to explore. You want to find balance, and as women, we have a lot of trouble saying no. Mm-hmm. That's one of the the points that one of the tips that I give. You have to learn to say no. Learn from your mistakes. If you constantly did this Christmas newsletter, yep. and you realized last year that that's a huge stressed stressor. you out, yep. and you realize that your Christmas newsletter was just a litany of medical issues that your mom and dad were having and that you were dealing with, probably not the thing that you wanted to do this year or spend your time right. on. Right. So learn from your mistakes, evaluate what matters, and reduce distractions, which is really hard with multimedia today. Well, in evaluating what matters, I often use that piece of uh, advice it's when family caregivers are getting really overwhelmed around the holidays yeah. and you know they're you know caregiving all the time but they're still the person that's primarily responsible for putting on that big holiday meal and typically the person who's the caregiver is the overachiever absolutely perfectionist you personality have to let go of those self-imposed pressures you do and so it's more about well let's think about what are the traditions of the holiday or what you know of that specific experience that matter most that bring most meaning to the family unit and then let some of that other stuff go right you right. know and just you know, and I've noticed this even through the flux of my years depending on the ages of my children and what was going on in my life you know some years I did it to I've done it to the nines because it all tends to follow me for the holidays other years you know what I'm like I'm not getting out to China this year I'm going to use the dishwasher safe stuff or one year I actually even used paper plates because I was just kind of like, we're just going to have a quick meal. It's not even going to be the fancy dinner, but we're all going to celebrate together. So right. just allowing yourself that ability and, and to that do that. comes from prioritizing and just really deciding what matters. I know my family, I grew up above a bakery, so you can imagine the mm. holidays, it was crazy yeah. busy. My bakery was not only... <laughs> a regular Italian bakery, it was a Jewish bakery. So we had two holidays in December. So my family migrated away from the gift giving yep. and 
all the pressures of Christmas, we gave gifts on Valentine's Day when everything was on sale. And, <laughs> and when my kids were small and, and you know all of us were younger, that's how it went. But uh, now we just get together at Thanksgiving. Yep. We don't do the gift giving. I have to tell you, I have so much time around the holidays that my friends don't. Yep. Because we just made it our family rule. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that's I think that's pretty phenomenal. And for that sure. eliminates the guilt and your comparison. So right, right. And and, and, and not watching what everybody else is doing on Facebook. Right. <laughs> yeah. Take a you know, comparison is an act of violence against <laughs> the self. So. It is. Then you want to discover those little pockets of time and assign meaningful intentions. Uh, I've always been in sales. So with sales, you have this thing where you call the power hour and you get on the phone and you just call for an hour and see how much you can smile and dial in an hour. (laughs) I have to admit, I have a second business and I don't have a power hour. So I I call it the fast 15. (laughs) And it is surprising how much I can cram into those 15 minutes. It all starts with shifting your perspective. Research suggests that we have a very celebrated busyness culture. Uh, People are always saying, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Stop saying that Mm -hmm. and just do it. Because that takes time too to well, say Well, and it's busy. celebrated too. Right. I don't know how you do all that you do. Oh, and you I don't list know. out, I've oh, been yeah. up since four, and I've right. you know, pulled my sweet potatoes and blah, 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 blah. And you right. know, yeah, you know. seriously. But you get it done because I've never seen you list all the things you do, Nicole. <laughs> and my head spins if I would follow you. <laughs> well, so. well the, the habit that I have at home is not listing what I've done. It's listing what I have to do. And right. I, so my to-do list, I say sometimes out loud, and, and that can get irritating to people. Right. But it's not that I'm trying to be like, oh, I'm going to be. It's just like if I don't say it, I'm going to forget it. <laughs> I actually write mine on the back of a business card. And if it doesn't fit on the back of a business card, I'm not going to get to it today. Well, it's my permission slip to let me take a step back and not have to cram so much in my day and feel guilty because I didn't complete it. Because I, as you see, I like to make lists, but I also like to cross them off. And so if you You feel accomplished, yes, I feel accomplished. (laughs) But if you have this big list and Mm -hmm. half of it's not crossed off, you feel really bad about yourself. So when you identify them, figure out what you need. Do you need more rest? Do you need more spirituality? Do you need more exercise? And prioritize those little pockets of time. You can do something as simple as chair yoga or having a no technology day. And when I'm not on call, I call my, I check in with my family and I tell them, I'm not gonna be available for the next 24 hours by phone. I'm okay. I'm staying home. I'm not going on a hike or anything. I just need to recharge. Mm-hmm. And they understand that. And something so small like that gives me like a mental break. Yeah. And it's really, really um, positive. Yeah, that is a very positive experience, and it's something that we all need to take account of. And what you're mentioning, there there's small steps that you can take, and I think that's the main thing. It's digestible. You just got to make the time and take the time. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Nancy Stolfo-Corti. She's a catalyst with Senior Helpers, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
with your co-host, Nicole Claykitt. Here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio is Nancy Stolfo Corti. She is a catalyst with Senior Helpers, and right now she is explaining to us how to find the fringe hours and save our sanity. Yeah, I've, I've been loving what you've been saying about just reclaiming a little bit of our time instead of like repurposing that old barn wood. <laughs> it's it's there. Right. We have it, and uh, and how we're going to repurpose it and and make it efficient. You know, instead of scrolling on Facebook for twenty minutes. Well, you know, <laughs> and that's true. And uh, two thousand thirteen, and this was before the phones were as, mm-hmm. as tricked out as they are now. Um, in the U.S., we spend on an average of five hours of non-vocal mobile activity. Oh, and now they're giving you, I don't know what kind of phone you have, but um, the type of phone I have, it gives you a weekly activity report. Right, And right. it tells me, you know, how much time did I check reading you, my emails? Yeah. How many hours was I on the phone? How many hours was I on social media? And you just look at it and you go, what? And <laughs> I, I would suggest that everyone look at that report and then set some limitations because mm-hmm. I don't think we're even aware. No, you you're can not get on Pinterest and, and yeah, you just know, like your two step months goal. later, <laughs> you're just not. like the ten thousand steps they say we need to do. You need to kind of pick your parameters for right. the device time. I think right, exactly. So once you decide that you want a life that prioritizes you and your needs, you need to maximize. We've all heard this expression, you make time for what's important to you and what matters to you. And I think we've gotten away from that. A lot of times I see our spirituality is the one thing that falls to mm-hmm. the, the wayside. We don't think we need it, but we really need to curate every aspect of our life, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Find a way to get grounded. Because we're so, like you said, we're so busy and everything, it feels like it's just all happening to us. You feel like you Mm -hmm. have no sense of control. And you will have control once you're grounded. It's sharpening the saw. Uh, Stephen Covey, that very important principle, preserving and fine-tuning the most important asset that we have, which is ourselves. And a lot of that starts with just saying no. If you say no, you're not on the hook for it. And it it can't be a no, maybe, or no, well, let me think or about we'll it. Or we'll see. Just there's no, uh, there's no, no pun no. intended, there's no shame in saying no, period, and just stop the conversation right there. A lot of people are shocked because they're always waiting for the follow-up, but you don't need that. Just say no. And you want to use your time efficiently. So if you have to delete it, limit it or silence it, do it. Mm-hmm. Because all those things, even though you think aren't they're not important, they're actually running in the background. It's like your body is this hard drive. You've got all these programs running because you're still trying to pay attention to Facebook or, or right. what this person's doing or that Too many person. tabs open is the joke often right. goes. Right, right. Too in many our brains. tabs. Yeah. Yeah, and then be prepared to use your time efficiently. I don't know if you noticed while I was waiting, I have gift cards always in my, or little greeting cards in my purse. I always have a notebook with me. I think it's really important to be centered and write handwritten thank you notes, notes to my grandchildren because one day they won't know what they are. Um, (laughs) And I mail them, and I think it's really important. I have weights in my car. It's not unusual to see me pumping gas and doing bicep curls. Um, (laughs) I just try to make the most of my wait time wherever I'm at. 
as I mentioned before, you can do chair yoga. There's a lot of ways to be more physically fit if you have a desk job. Try doing that. Then embrace help. I, I went on this topic a lot last week right. with um, finding your village. But there's there's a lot of things like people will say to me, you know, I wish I could get to the gym, but I take care of my mom 24-7. Well, consider a care swap with another family. Right. I've done that many times. There's no money involved. They appreciate it. You appreciate it. You can get support from your family, your friends, online, and then even paid services. If you don't like to clean your house, don't. Get someone else to clean it. And if you don't have the money for it, barter. I love to cook. Can I trade your sweet potatoes? Yes, you can. <laughs> but I will tell you, I'm not the best cleaner, but I will come and meal prep for you in an hour. You'll have meals for the meals and lunches, lunches and dinners for the whole week. I am a meal prepper uh, maven. Um, you can even use a mother's helper. You know, we'd used them when we had our kids small. Mm-hmm. But people don't think about it. You can use them for your seniors. We have uh, a high school student that every now and then helps us out with companionship. And she is amazing. And it gives them a different perspective to that loved one. And you can go out and have dinner with your husband or, you know, have a special date night that, or go to a, a yoga class or something. There's a lot of obstacles to overcome. So step 10, overcoming these obstacles if they're financial, learn about the resources that you have. Right. If you want to read more and you can't afford books, go to the library. It, there's audiobooks now that you can even download onto your right. cell phone. Right. Pull up there, YouTube. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, if you want to learn how to do something, Michael's, Joanne's, they all offer free classes. Home Depot even, I think. Yeah. Oh, Home Depot. You can learn to lay tile. And you can take care of some of those projects that you can't afford to have done. And then there's dozens of blogs on how to save money, just besides Groupon. There's <laughs> Mama Cheaps, and Cheaps is spelled C-H-E-A-P-S dot com. The Crazy Coupon Lady, and crazy is with a K. Uh, I actually have a daughter that's that lady. Um, freebies for Mom. There's so many blogs out there that can help you. So take advantage of that. A lot of people say that their biggest obstacle is interruptions. As Nicole and I mentioned, yeah. you know, you got to kind of sometimes close the door or yeah. leave the house. Silence your cell phone and just tell people, I'm not available. Right. I'm not available. Set those boundaries. And people aren't going to like it at first. Right. Especially, and a lot of times Especially we've, the well, we've created the monster. Right. We I, are, when I get frustrated and feel like everybody wants something from me yeah. and it's all like, and if I don't give it, they're all, it's you know, the de- salty and cranky. Yeah. <laughs> the and disease to please. Truly. And then, and then I look back and I'm like, well, I have my own, I have myself to thank for this because I completely created this monster. Right. So, yeah. Right. I get it. I get it. I'm that monster too. And disorganization. Sometimes we don't start something or mm-hmm. take time for ourselves because we're not organized. We we spend too much time like evaluating, oh, I don't have a place to well, sew. Well, people fail open. The project right. sometimes seems so overwhelming, overwhelming that it's like, where do I even begin? And just taking just a step. Just, just a step. start. Yep. Just start. Um, I always think of that marathon uh, training that says, you know, the couch to the 5K. You know, it, the first step is literally getting off the couch. And it says it in there. And it says that, that. just get off the couch. Get off the couch. And then sometimes our passions become obligations at that point. 
change your passion. If you have this book club or yeah. crafting It's not group, bringing you joy. It's time it, to let yeah, it go. If it's not bringing you joy and they all sit around and gossip and it's giving you stress, cut that, cut that craft and do something else. And then life does get hard. Mm-hmm. And all these steps go out the window. And you have to recognize that. And when, in those moments, just take care of yourself. Right. Give yourself some grace and remember that you just have to live well. Cultivate your community, find rest, and live well with joy. And your caregiving, will everything will fall into place. And you will have those tough days and those tough weeks and those potholes right. and bumps in the road. But if you have a good regimen of, it's almost like an exercise routine to put right. these steps into right. place, it becomes muscle memory and you'll just go right. back to it. So talk to us a little bit about Senior Helpers in the next minute or so and how folks can get a hold of that organization to bring some respite and relief into one's life if you're in a caregiving journey. Right, right. Senior Helpers, well, you can reach out to us by phone 24-7. You'll always get a live person. Unfortunately, lately, that's been me. (laughs) And it's 919-544-6848. Again, 919-544-6848. Or send me an email at nac at seniorhelpers.com. That's November Alpha Charlie at seniorhelpers.com. And I would also like to thank the Mom Creative blog and Jessica Turner, who wrote a book called Finding the Fringe Hours, um, for helping me find my fringe hours and my pockets of time. <laughs> That's wonderful. Nancy Stolfo Corti, Catalyst with Senior Helpers. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. And I, th- I think you're sitting on a gold mine, Nancy, with your, uh, your gas pump workout. I think you need to trademark that. And Go on Shark Tank. Yes. yes. <laughs> right? I think you need to bring that on to the Shark Tank. Great idea, Nicole. Nancy, again, thank you so much for coming back. We really appreciate it. We are out of time for tonight. We hope you will join us again next Saturday evening at 7. It's Aging Matters, your life, your care, a service of Transitions Life Care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.